Hey guys, welcome to Hope It Helps. Today's guest is Sami Khouri. Sami is the founder of Mind Resilience Training, a learning and development company that helps teams cultivate leadership and resilience skills. He is a certified health and well-being coach and certified in neuroscience programs from institutions such as Yale University. He is pretty much obsessed with helping people become their best selves and wishes to share this knowledge with the aim of helping others attain inner balance and peace of mind. During this episode, we discuss the differences between a growth and a fixed mindset, how to find your authentic self, the pillars of mind resilience training, and the importance of acceptance. And the last message he wanted to share is to be authentic and to grow within that authenticity. Please join me in welcoming to the show, Mr. Sami Khoury. Thanks, Khalid, for having me. Looking forward to chatting with you. Thanks so much for your time, man. I really appreciate it. So, uh, Sami, I, we connected through uh, LinkedIn like a lot of my guests. Um, and what interested me about you, and I've been following it for a while, is the work you do around um, mind resilience training and the stuff you do about mindset. And I know you work with corporates and with individuals. So, it's a, And you also implement neuroscience behind all of that, which I think is very important, um, especially when we're talking about that kind of stuff. Um, but there's a lot we're going to get into today because this is an area that I am also passionate about and I have a lot of questions and things from my experience that I'm curious to see what you would say. But anyway, before we get into everything, Sammy, why don't you give all of us a little bit of background about yourself and we'll take it from there. Sure. Thanks, Khaled, for having me on board. Um, my name is Sammy, originally Palestinian, grew up in Dubai, spent most of my life here, studied here, worked here. Uh, I've worked in corporate, agency, nonprofit startup, started a couple of businesses, and I've worked mainly in the business development and marketing fields. And like many of us, uh, throughout those uh, years in my career, I struggled with things like anxiety, stress, sure, yeah. um, low confidence, negativity. And I thought to myself, well, this doesn't feel right. It doesn't seem right. It's it's natural to experience stress and anxiety in life, although it is not natural to be chained by that stress and anxiety or mm. consumed by it. Yeah. So I've always been into personal development for as long as I can remember. And just over um, the last few years, just started diving into some more advanced areas for my own development, areas such as philosophy, mindfulness, neuroscience, psychology, spirituality. And just what I learned about the human mind, what I learned about what it means to live well, I was really able to heal a lot of the inner struggles that I was experiencing. And that's why I decided to share what I've learned with other people in the hopes of helping them. Um, it's knowledge that can really help anyone, whether mentally, spiritually, emotionally, it's all out there. And I think that once you embrace certain not like self-knowledge and information about how our brains function, you can actually really be whoever you want to be. Mm -hmm. And so now I, that's why I launched Mind Resilience Training. And what we do is we do soft skill training for corporates based on neuroscience research. When you understand how your brain works, you can then work with your own brain. True. And that would help you break out of your limiting beliefs, build productive habits, and really enhance your overall life. So <laughs> that's what I'm doing now. That's awesome, man. Um, uh, again, like you, personal development in that area is something that I've always been very interested in. Um, while I was living in Amsterdam, I went through this whole, you know, I think people listening to the podcast are probably sick of me saying that by now, but anyway, because I've said it to many guests, yeah. but um, I went through that whole journey and so on. Um, but one thing that I find, or I've been going through recently, and I only, only recently like came to a, a question, which is, so we talk about, you talk about growth mindset and fixed mindset. So, um, because I watched some of your stuff and when I was doing my research. So your definition is fixed is I cannot improve and growth is I can, right? Now, what I've found, like with all the, the things that we talk about in personal development, they're all, it's not that they're, what's the word? Like then they're all true and they all do work, but I feel it's too, it's, I almost feel like, because I'm just reflecting on my experience, it's not the reality of the situation in the sense that I believe, given my own experience. Uh, so during that time that I was telling you about, I had fully a growth mindset, like 
going to seminars, whatever. I was improving a lot. I was learning a lot and so on. But then for the last, I'd say two, two and a half years, only until very recently, I feel like I've lost, I lost that mindset and I almost shifted into a fixed mindset and I couldn't, it's, and I was telling my wife that I missed the person that I was because that guy that I remember that mindset, I remember that feeling, which was like amazing. So the thing about having a growth mindset and a fixed mindset, do you believe that's something that is flexible, that it changes over time? Do the experiences in life, can they tilt you one way, tilt you another way? Or do you believe that once you fully, I guess, maybe ingrained yourself in it, like fully, maybe I was at like 70, 80%, maybe if I was at, if I was at 100, it would have been different. So what are your thoughts? Because in my experience, I feel it's flexible now. For sure. It is very flexible. And just a couple of things to note. First of all, you can apply a growth mindset to any area of your, your life. It can be in your personal life, in your professional life, in your relationships, your hobbies, your passions. This is a mindset that you, you can apply anywhere. That's the first thing I'll say. And the second thing is that we all go through ups and downs. There are always, um, life is waves. Life is the high tide and sure. the low tide. Yeah. And that comes with respect to how much we want to push ourselves, comes um, with respect to our motivation. So this is also, there's a certain acceptance that comes along with this journey that to accept that you will fall off the bandwagon and that's okay. That's part of the human experience. Yeah. And that allows you to take the setbacks a lot easier. That allows you to mm -hmm. uh, be easy on yourself and to forgive yourself in those moments when you feel that, okay, I'm not giving it 100%. Sure. So it's definitely, um, there's definitely flexibility. It's not always consistent as we want it to be. But as long as we are engaging in that growth mindset, as long as we are going with our natural our natural going with our natural flow of growth and experience this is what matters at the end mm. that's an interesting thing that you said that maybe i didn't take into consideration is that th that growth mindset is something that can be applied to different areas so for example if i've understood you correctly um I could have a growth mindset, for example, in uh, my personal life, but I could have maybe a fixed mindset at work still. Yeah. So it's not, I guess maybe my perspective has always been, um, it's, it was very binary. You either are or yeah. you're not, yeah, and yeah. it's either your growth mindset in everything and fixed in everything too. So I didn't, that's something that I maybe haven't considered before. Yeah. It's, um, again, you know, whatever experiences you have, you can, you can learn from any experience. Mm -hmm. You can learn from any experience. You can learn how to grow from it. You can find the opportunities in the surprises of life. You can see how the challenges and obstacles actually give you strength. Yeah. And I think this is an important mindset that resistance builds resilience. Mm. Res resistance builds strength. Sure. And the best metaphor I can think of is when you go to the gym and you build muscle. You are you essentially go. pushing yourself against a weight and that weight is pushing against your body. Yeah. And as a result of that, your body is getting stronger. Yeah. Whether it's the gym, whether it's uh, yoga, whether you're swimming or running, when you go against certain forces, your body and your mind become stronger. And I think when you adopt that perspective, you're able to handle a lot of life setbacks and surprises. Yeah, that's true. I can, I will say that when you, depending on your situation, if you have um, applied or developed a certain mindset that you can, the lows that do come and will come aren't, what uh, maybe won't affect you as bad or maybe for as long either. I think that time is a very important thing too. Um, but, coming back to that gym example, you know, that resistance, uh, building that, shall we call it uh, resilience. But now, one thing you said that was interesting to me, um, because it was a different take on resilience, you know, in my mind, yeah. resilience is, and I have an example for you, like, when I think of resilience, I think of like, because um, I was just watching, you know, um, the, the UFC promotion for the next fight. So I'm like, and like what they go through and like the injuries and like that mindset and like the mindset of a fighter like that 
I think a lot of us think that is what resilience mm. is, you know, like the yeah, grit yeah. and, you know, yeah, push for sure, pain for sure. and go. Um, but you describe it as finding your inner balance um, and finding uh, your true self. So walk us through your perspective on resilience and why is inner balance your definition? Absolutely. Um, so when I said earlier that resistance is resilience, I guess it's a form of resilience. Sure. Um, when we talk about resilience, like you said, a lot of us think that Oh, I, it's, uh, I have to have a stiff, stiff upper lip and mm -hmm. I have to just put up with it. I need to whip myself into discipline. But actually, this is not the sort of resilience that I believe in and that I don't think is sustainable or, or works over the long run. To me, resilience is acceptance. And it's a type of acceptance that goes two ways. It's an acceptance that goes outwards towards the external world and there is an acceptance that goes inwards mm -hmm. towards who we are. Essentially, it is about accepting ourselves for who we are, accepting our strengths, accepting our powers, accepting our flaws. Once you're able to accept yourself as you are with all your imperfections, you become untouchable. Nobody mm -hmm. can touch you. Yeah. Because you see yourself, you accept your vulnerabilities, and you are aligned with your true nature. Mm -hmm. Once you're aligned with yourself, you can overcome a lot of the ups and downs of life because you know who you are. Yeah. You are aligned with your values. Mm. You believe in what you believe. You believe in your values. Yeah. Then there is also the outwards uh, acceptance, and that is accepting events as they happen. And when I talk about acceptance, it's not as in, okay, I just accept it. I'm not going to do anything about it. It is seeing things as they are not as they should be mm -hmm. not complaining that oh this individual should be that way this event should have happened to me in this way it is saying that this is who this person is this event is as it happened yeah when you have that acceptance when you see these things in all their complexity and simplicity then you are able to better act you have less of a foggy mind. Mm -hmm. You are less likely to be consumed by your emotions, wishing that things turned out in another way. You simply accept the situation as is, and that gives you the clarity and focus to act after sure. that. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, as humans, we have to make decisions. We have to act for our own well-being and the well-being of other people. That's that's very, very true. Um, it sounds like what you're talking about is, for maybe the the external is... Um, taking things as they are and it sounds like it's being objective to it you know this is the situation at okay this again this is a lot easier said than done because we're humans and we have emotions so to be completely objective is not possible but yeah. that does help I guess um, at least keep you grounded you know maybe yeah. keep you not from overthinking it maybe or mm. doubting yourself too much or whatever the case might be when you're making that decision you talked about uh something you said that you mentioned vulnerability just now and it was very interesting and you talked about how having this mindset and accepting who you are you said that there's times there where i can be myself and there's times mm. where i can't yeah so that was interesting to me because mm. again coming back to what i was talking about earlier when we talk about all these things person development mm. vulnerability whatever I feel the message isn't clear and it's it's too it's too good, you know. It doesn't take it doesn't take into account like the harshness of like being vulnerable. You know, mm. vulnerability is a great power, whatever. And I I do believe that. But when you tell so, my perspective when I hear that, if I'm someone who's not thinking about that, I'm like, oh, so I have to be vulnerable and full in every situation with every single person. Mm. But based on what you're saying, which I agree with, that mm. there's times that no, I can't be myself or I shouldn't be this vulnerable and that's a meter so what's where does vulnerability play into you know when it comes to mindset is it a com important component of mindset or is that something you feel is separate when it comes to vulnerability in particular I think there there is a time and place for it and the reason that we need to embrace our own vulnerability is for our own mental well-being. We cannot continuously put up a front. We cannot continuously wear the masks and play the roles that we need to play in modern life, in modern society. So 
being vulnerable, whether it's to yourself, it's to your loved ones, family and friends, that provides a certain release that gives you that mental and emotional well-being. Mm -hmm. So I think there is a time and place for it. For everybody, it's different, depending on the situation, depending on the context. I um, To go back to why you cannot be yourself in every single situation is because we have to accept that we live and work and interact with other human beings. Mm-hmm. And human beings have certain qualities that we cannot escape. Human beings are have levels of self-absorption, levels of envy, levels of aggression. This is how human nature was built. Yeah, And so if you go into a situation and you're going to be like, you know what, I'm going to be 100% myself, you might offend the other person who is only offended because of their own ego. It's yeah. nothing that you said or did in particular. It's right. nothing that you take personally. Yeah. So if you're not careful and you offend someone, inadvertently offend them, you may be on the wrong side of the uh, <laughs> of whatever interaction you know and things might not go out uh, as you and things that things might not happen as you planned so it's important to really distinguish in what situations and what times can you be yourself and others you can't because simply that's not how human nature works true Ed, that's a very good point i th- uh, that you mentioned that we do live in the world so we are interacting with other humans who have different beliefs and Everything, they're a completely different and also depending on the context of are you is this you're meeting a friend are you meeting a stranger are you yeah. at work is there stress is all that stress that comes with that so and, and of course by no means am i criticizing human nature i'm simply saying that yeah. this is something that we have to accept yeah and again once you accept things as they are you are better you are better better able to make a decision you're better able to act with clarity and focus yeah Okay, let's let's dive into accept that that word accept a little bit, okay? Because like we hear all the time and every and I I internalize and I understand it and I get it. I understand what you're talking about, but let's say there's someone out there right now um and they're like and we're telling them, you know, acceptance is important and you need to like uh, accept the situation and so on. So explain to them when that when you say accept, what that word? Mm-hmm. What are we what are we like trying to convey to them to do we are trying to convey that there are some things and some people that simply don't change and that or at least sorry not don't change but at least the the change is not in your hands Mm -hmm. a lot of stress a lot of anxiety a lot of frustration comes from our desire to control situations and people that we cannot control or that we cannot change. So the acceptance, the message is to simply, well, accept <laughs> things <laughs> as they are. Yeah. When you accept things as they are, when you accept people as they are, that helps your own well-being, that helps your own inner balance and peace of mind. And you very, you'd, you'd be very much surprised. I mean, when you look back and you think about all those times you decided to let go of something or stop chasing it, and for some reason, it just fell into your lap. Mm. Yeah, it's, it's that's actually, that's interesting that you said that. Sometimes, uh, and you hear that a lot when it comes to like maybe relationships mm. or, you know, how people met like, oh, I wasn't even looking. And then like, here I am, like you're married now. You know what yeah. I mean? So it's yeah. funny. It's, it is funny how sometimes you do need to um, almost do nothing and take a little bit of a step back, I guess, to create that space for some new potential to come into. Absolutely. And I mean, it's something that I can't uh, figure out, but I've seen that when you just let go, things things happen for you Yeah, at times. So yeah. you'd be surprised that um, there's, there's a lot of power and a lot of peace that comes with letting go of yeah. things that are out of your control. That's true. And letting go, again, just to repeat, and you said it earlier, when we say that, that's why that's the problem. My issue with this is, I I don't like absolutes, you know. And that's <laughs> what either if it's negative, it's absolute, and positive, it's absolute. Yeah. And I used to, for a very long time, you know, I wanted either 
I wanted the world to be binary. You know, that was my dream, you know? Yeah, oh, either I like or I don't like. It's the not like, ah, you know. The world's sure. full of gray. <laughs> no black and white. If anything, it's only gray. If you're lucky, you might find some black and white patches every <laughs> once in a while. Um, and coming on to something you mentioned earlier, um, which is very interesting, which is the accepting the situation as it is and not as you would have wanted or as it should. Yeah. And we're bringing, gonna bring that back to yeah, you know, sure. ourselves as people. We all have like Khalid as I am sitting here, Sami is sitting here, and we're all like, we have a certain perspe- perception of ourselves. Mm-hmm. There's who we are now and who we idol, the actual self and who we idolize, you know, the idolized yeah. self as I think that's how you described it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the, uh, I really like what you said that the bigger the gap, the, big, the bigger the turmoil. And you find that in conversations you have with people and stuff, when you're doing something, maybe you're in a job, you're in a relationship that is going against that internal voice that's telling you, maybe, you know, you should leave, maybe you should change. Mm. It does create that. That's what leads to anxiety, depression, you know, stress. Yeah. So I understand what we're talking about being comfortable with who we are, accepting who we are now. Um, but I also think, you know, that, that idealized self, I don't think that ever goes away. Hmm. I don't think you're ever going to be hmm. 100%, you know, um, com- you're never going to not be thinking about like, what's Khaled 2.0 look like? What's hmm. Sani 2.0? What does yeah, he do? Yeah. What does he speak? There is always that future self that we will work towards and aspire to be. So I believe that the gap never goes hmm. away. But maybe through these things, what you're saying is they can be minimized. What would you say? Yeah, absolutely. So I believe that you have your authentic self and you have your idealized self. Mm -hmm. Your authentic self is who you are to your core. It's who you are based on your values, what moves you, what drives you, what gives you that flow. In essence, you are living according to your authentic self. The idealized self is something that is beyond that, something that is, you define it based on whatever life experiences that you've had, you define it based on what you think will make you happy and successful. Now, absolutely, uh, like you're saying, as human beings, we all grow, we all evolve. For me, I believe that it's about growing and evolving in alignment with who you really are. So you can still be your authentic self and you can still grow as your authentic self. You grow as your authentic self by diving into the areas of your work or life that actually speak to you, that you actually connect with naturally. Mm. Once you understand what it is that excites you, what it, once you understand what it, it, what it is that gives you your flow, these areas, these topics, these subjects, whatever they are, these passions, then you are able to grow within these areas mm-hmm. and you're and you're still being true to who you are yeah essentially you're the same ego just but with bigger with bigger bigger win bigger wings you're essentially you're the same ego but with bigger wings that's an interesting way to look at it i i do like that though um once and to build on what you're saying so last night some uh something popped up on linkedin and is that by that guy uh stephen uh, bartlett i don't know if you're familiar with him Anyway, he has a podcast called Diary of CEO. It's a great check. Oh, yes, yes. Yeah. yeah. So he had a, like, it was a short clip, like, uh, why finding your passion is a lie. And I'm like, okay, interesting. Because that's not usually what you hear. Yeah. Um, and he says, he talks about how that sentence means that I have to go, like, it's something I need to find. I need to search for it. And his mm-hmm. perspective was, it's actually the, op- it's, it's actually, it's been there or it's there all, all along. Mm-hmm. You just haven't, like, uh, tapped into it yet mm-hmm. or understood it yet or come to terms with that so coming to the um i uh the uh authentic self and uh yeah. you know how we say you know you need to you need to find yourself so when i heard that and he says okay it's there all along which i do agree with and it's not something that you have to search for yeah it kind of flips the th- it kind of flips that perspective on its head a little bit mm-hmm. and so what was so in terms of because i had a question that is okay, how do we find ourselves? Like, how do you find yourself? How do you know that you're being, how do I know that I'm being my authentic self? Mm-hmm. But if I'm, if it's not something I need to search for, how do I figure that out? Absolutely. And I agree with that. And I only speak from my own experience, which is you reconnect to that inner child within you. You reconnect to that child within you who was 
excited for life for no reason, who would get involved in different activities and hobbies without being pushed on by their parents or even their friends. What was it that stimulated you naturally? What, what was it that called to you when you were young? That would give you some clues, I believe. And also the kind of personality that you had, because as we grow older, our personality becomes clouded by all the instructions that we get from <laughs> our parents, our teachers, our colleagues, our boss, uh, Netflix, and that just covers up who you who you really are. So it's about removing those layers, removing the um, the fog from your from your. It's about removing the fog from your mind and your brain and your heart and soul and just turning inwards. That is where you find it, in my opinion. Yeah. And then once you find it, it is about then, again, ideally. It is about how do you align your authentic self with the demands of the world, with demands mm -hmm. of society, with mm -hmm. the demands of the workplace. The more that you can align that those two things together, the less turmoil you'll experience. That's true. That, that uh, you would experience less turmoil. But mm -hmm. let's come back to what you said. So let's say um, aligning your authentic self with the world, with the, the world around. What if? my what if your authentic self let's say now we're here sitting in dubai what if my authentic self and my align like doesn't align with being here with the culture here with the mm. people here what's my solution then is it to leave and find a different environment where i can align that maybe might align more with my values and my authentic self or let's say to make it more challenging let's say okay i'm here and i'm struggling to align those two what do i do then well, the first thing you have to ask yourself is what's within your control. And the things that are within your control, generally speaking, are your behaviors, the way you think about yourself, the way that you think about others, the way you think about your situation, your words, and uh, the decisions that you, that you make. So these things are always within your control. So either you can pack up and leave. You can do that if you wanted to. Or you can change your attitude. You can change the way that you perceive the, um, the situation that you're in. And you can take, or you can take decisions that you feel would, would better allow you to be more authentic. Again, I'm speaking very, very general yeah, here. Yeah, of course. Yeah, but yeah. it's about how do you adapt? How do yeah. you adapt mentally? How do you adapt spiritually with what you are experiencing? Yeah. So, okay. On that. So adaptability, that yeah. seems to be a very important part. Now in the work that you do, I know you work with organizations and individuals and so on. I guess what I'm curious about is two things. Number one, what is the biggest, um, or what is typically the most common, um, feedback that goes like that, uh, challenges the things that you're talking about and what is the feedback that has been more on the positive side? Do you understand some, some, so some, in some cases, are there people who like resist what you're talking about and mm -hmm. others that they're a lot more accepting? Like what's the typical feedback that you, or the most common types of feedback that you get from the work that you do? So the, there's, um, the common type of feedback that I get is that, so people say, yes, I get this. I, I understand this, but I have trouble applying it. Yeah. I have trouble applying this mindset. I have trouble. Mm -hmm creating these new habits. I have trouble implementing these decisions. So for me, something that I believe is very helpful is, first of all, to have the intention to change. Oh, that's an important one. That's an important one. Yeah. Because you can talk a lot about what you want to do and who you want to be and the kind of life that you want to live. But if you don't have the intention to actually change, you're not going to get anywhere. So the first thing is is intention. And to me, the second thing is knowledge. Knowledge about the human brain. I mean, the human brain is a fascinating thing. It's, it's one of the most mysterious things in the universe. And from what we know about how the human brain functions is that even your thoughts and emotions have a, an existence in your brain. They exist through neural connections. Mm -hmm. Your thoughts and emotions are not fairy dust. They actually exist. And the more you exercise certain thoughts and certain emotions, certain ways of thinking, certain ways of being, these essentially mental muscles become quite strong. Mm -hmm. 
And once you strengthen these mental muscles, which are the way you think and the way you act, it becomes easier to be the person that you want to be. And it becomes easier to live the life that you want to live mm -hmm. by exercising these mental muscles. Yeah. When I think calling them mental muscles is a very relatable thing that a lot of people can understand because like, you know, I need to go to the gym, I need to work out yeah. to build muscles. Just like with this, um, I think obviously the application of that is a lot simpler than, you know, when it comes to your mind because it's a lot more <laughs> challenging and there's a lot more things you have to go through. And, you know, the things you're talking about, like with the neuroplasticity of the mind yeah. and, you know, the more you do it, the more that amplifies and yeah. time. And one thing that I heard once uh, that I that I loved, but now I'm, I'm not giving it second thoughts, mm -hmm. but, um, you know, a question, um, I have a new perspective on it. So um, one thing when it comes to, you know, we're talking about beliefs and like perspective, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. uh, I don't know who said this or where, but someone said that once the mind like expands once you have a new perspective and you break that yeah it can never go back yeah but um and that's a beautiful thing because once you break that it opens up a whole new world but what i've also realized in my own life is okay i broke through this belief mm. that there's all like there's always going to be a belief you know yeah this okay you got rid of this one okay now there's a new one that you you have to work on you know so it it feels like it's uh uh, it's a, it is an, in my perspective, it's a never ending cycle. You just break, you just have to consistently throughout your life because obviously as you get older and new experiences, things happen to you, the world changes, you will develop new beliefs about maybe yourself, about yeah. the world. So it feels like an endless cycle. What, what's your perspective on that? I agree. I totally agree. Um, it is a never ending journey. You are constantly removing layers of fixed belief systems within you. And it, like you said, once you remove that belief system another belief system might come in its same place and before you know it you're attached to that belief system and then you become very um <laughs> you start to struggle be like oh no but this is how i'm supposed to live or this yeah. is how uh, people are supposed to be or yeah this is how i'm supposed to treat myself when mm. actually there's not there's nothing you know written in the stars of yeah. <laughs> how you should live your life so it's important sure. to have that flexibility it's important to have that adaptability to the way that you see the world the way you see yourself we're always learning we're always growing mm. it, it's uh, just hum it's just the way the world is you're constantly growing so you learn you take what is essential mm -hmm. you, you understand how it can help you and then if it no longer serves you again in, in the realm of personal growth sure then you move on yeah exactly and uh, it's uh, you mentioned it earlier a little bit like kind of like peeling back the layers of like an onion yeah. and I was watching um I think David Goggins on Joe Rogan's podcast the other day, and he he calls it the the infinite onion. I'm like, oh my god, that <laughs> that is the best yeah, way. Infinite to, onion, that's, absolutely. That's the best best way to describe it because yeah, a lot of crying, a lot of tears. I like, yeah. <laughs> but behind, I always say, you know, behind the tears is always something is a good, whether it's yeah, a personal yeah. thing or whether yeah. it's um, you know an outward thing. It's always a good thing. There's something that Khalil Gibran wrote. I'm butchering what he said, but he fa I found it very beautiful. Um, pain is the breaking of your own understanding something along those lines mm -hmm. you don't have to put that in the podcast if, <laughs> if, I, if I butchered it that bad basically what he said what Khalil Gibran said is that the more that you learn about the world and you feel pain because of what you're learning essentially it is destroying what you, you thought you always mm. knew yeah yeah. Um, one thing uh, you see, like you reminded me because on on your site there are some fan, like quotes. Even I wrote them down. I'm like, oh, this is excellent. Like this one by uh, just so I don't just to make sure I get it right. Um, the mind is a wonderful servant, but a terrible master. And I'm mm. like, man, that is so true. And I think with all the work you're doing is when I apply it to that is you're the you're trying to help people become. The, the masters and not let them be run by their own you know mind because if that happens and it will happen no matter how whether you're the best athlete in the world whether this like we talked about earlier our ebbs and float it's just yeah. gonna happen but um i think a lot of times we don't and the biggest struggle what i've realized what i've seen is it takes you sometimes a while to realize it mm. you know that that um, like that glass shattering sometimes takes like a while. You might be aware of it. it, might have been creeping around in your head for a couple of years, but then something just happens and you're like, 
oh my god like how like i knew i like and people always say like i knew it like i felt it but i just didn't do anything about it um even with all like being aware and the knowledge yeah. sometimes it still does take a while for that penny to you know to drop yeah absolutely it is about mastering your mindset you either master your mindset or your mind masters you and there are many ways to master yourself uh, we the key thing is acceptance we talked about acceptance also daily practices of gratitude compassion understanding that everyone wants the same thing mindfulness and meditation practices that that really helps i mean there's just plenty of science out there about how yeah. meditation can help your focus your memory your emotional regulation and that stops your mind from flying all over the place in yeah. your day-to-day -day. yeah so um i think whoever you are you should adopt some sort of breathing technique there's a lot of breathing exercises out there a lot of meditation exercises that help choose one that works for you i know a lot of people that they they pick it up and then they drop it because it doesn't work out mm. find a breathing technique or meditation technique that works for you yeah and you don't have to start with one hour yeah. day or Definitely not even don't. 30 minutes. Yeah, you can yeah. even start with something as, as two minutes yeah, yeah. and eventually uh, go, grow from there. Yeah. I mean, how can you expect to transform yourself if you won't even sit still for 20, 10 minutes? Mm -hmm. that's, 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 a good, uh, that's a good way to talk yeah. about it, actually. Yeah. And what you learn through meditation, through these meditative practices, through yoga practice, there's a certain essence of being, which is an essence of balance and calmness. That is a channel to bring it to your waking life. Yeah. So you exactly. are meditative yeah. in your waking life. You are mindful in your waking life. Yeah. And that helps with the mastery of your own mind. A hundred percent. I one maybe I remember. So again, my meditation practice. I've been you know, there's times I've been like going three months straight, didn't miss a day. And then now it's been like, I don't know, a year and a half. And like I started recently and like on off, but getting there. Yeah. But um, meditation, I think is something for me that is, I like, I can actually, I can physically feel a difference on the days that I meditate and I yeah. live my day and the days that I don't, I'm a lot more, I'm a lot more, not, I'm a lot more calm. Things don't bother me as much. I feel like um, I just, it, like when I meditate, I feel like there's imagine in your head is just like, you know, when you have like a bunch of like cables, you know, like and the whole bunched up and yeah, all over. Yeah. That's what it feels like when I haven't done it for a while. Yeah. yeah. And then meditation is kind of going like, all right, we got to sort out this mess, yeah, you know, yeah. like one at a time. That's how it feels to me. I don't know. Yeah. What does it feel like to you? Is it similar? I mean, for me, I definitely feel that when I meditate, my thoughts my brain is a lot more calm. My brain is not uh, ecstatic. My mm -hmm. my brain is more in flow with whatever's happening and can accept what's happening in the situation. It, it doesn't get caught up. It doesn't get lost in in emotions. That's that's what I feel. Mm -hmm. I'm just a lot more at peace. I'm more observant. I'm more understanding. I don't know how it works. It just works. <laughs> yeah. it, and it's, and that's, a, that's, and that's a, that's a very good point. Um, um, boy, and what you said, I think is something important. And I've talked about this before is find whatever works for you. Yeah. yeah There's a lot exactly. of apps, uh, even the time doesn't, it, the length isn't like everyone has their different opinion, but you know, if you find like 10 minutes is all you can do and you're yeah. comfortable with that, then just do that, yeah, yeah. you know, which is fine. But coming back to what you were talking about earlier, cause I know, uh, reading through the website, like, uh, ancient philosophy and like the Stoics yeah. and all that, yeah, something yeah. that you're interested in. Yeah. And I don't think I've ever really discussed philosophy on the podcast before, but one thing I was thinking of, like every time you read like all these, like this Marcus Aurelius quote, you yeah. know, uh, the soul becomes dyed with the color like, of the salt. Yeah. That's a beautiful yeah, thing. Yeah. Do you ever think like, how did all these guys back then say so much shit that now today you read you're like oh of course how the hell did they know it back then um i'll i'll, I'll give you my opinion on that <laughs> yeah yeah because back then that was what two thousand years ago 2300 years ago they were living in a really rough time it was war plague famine death um that was just happening left and right yeah so they were exposed to a lot of hardship, a lot of 
death, a lot of suffering that thankfully we are not as exposed to in the modern world. Sure. So I believe that from what I, what I read and what I learned is that they saw this and they asked themselves, well, how do we live in peace in a world that is essentially unpeaceful? How do we live free, or suf- free of suffering in a world that is full of suffering? Mm-hmm. I think that was the, uh, the main question that was asked. And this is an area of philosophy mainly that is known as ethical philosophy or moral philosophy, which is how do I live a good life? How do I live well? How do I mm-hmm. live with the balance in the midst of all this craziness that's yeah. happening around me? Yeah. So that, that's the branch of philosophy or this question at least is a part of this branch of philosophy that seeks to answer how do I, how do I live well? So that was that I believe was a starting point. Yeah, um, yeah. I don't have an answer. Yeah. That's a, I've never discussed this before either. Yeah. So, um, but I think you, it's an interesting point that you said that they. Yeah. Obviously, the world then was a lot harsher than maybe it is now. Mm. Um, I also think you know my perspective is also like you. There must have been a billion times less distractions. You know what I mean? It's not, yeah, totally. it, you know, it's not just like, even before like social media was around, like yeah, you were yeah. still super distracted, like yeah, PlayStation, yeah. you know, this, that. And once the internet came, you know, all, everything changed. But back then you're like, okay, yeah, I have like a house, I have like a, a hut, I have a horse, yeah. you know, whatever. Yeah, and yeah, like, sure. my day is, yeah, I'm going to have like one meal and yeah, the rest of the time I'm just going to think. Yeah, you're you know, just going to think about <laughs> stuff. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think definitely that's uh, <laughs> less distraction more focus on one task at hand yeah like no matter who you were you had a certain role a certain duty and yes because of the way the world was back then for so many centuries it's like this is your specialization this is what you're good at so that's all you're doing yeah and as we very well know the more you do the same thing over and over again the better you get at doing it the quicker you get at doing it your mind opens up to new possibilities because you're so in in this one area Mm. And um, yeah, I think so. The distraction—that's also another. That's another conversation on its own. I mean, yeah. Do you think how much do you think? Um, especially maybe nowadays, it'd be interesting to discuss because there's so many, mm. so many. You know, I spend I spend a significant amount of time on TikTok. I'm not gonna lie; mm. it's just unbelievable. It's endlessly entertaining. You know, so I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's good. That's good. Keep it going. Um, <laughs> Do you think now because of the amount of distractions there are and because we, it really is so fast-paced now, yeah, everything yeah. changes, you know, things yeah. like ChatGPT now is a thing, like an a, this AI that you can do. Is it? Yeah, yeah. Do you think that has uh, that adds, is it more challenging now when we're, talk, when we're bringing it into the mindset conversation or on the flip side, because there's so many different things distracted by and you're thinking about so many different mm-hmm. things, does that open you up to more? I actually, when you are distracted by so many things, you have breadth, but it lacks depth. Yeah, uh, that's a great way to put it. Yeah, meaning that you see so many different topics, so many, di- so much different content, so many different distractions, mm-hmm. and you might have like bits and pieces, like. Um, you know, bite-sized information, but you will never, or you will rarely go deep into one area unless you get rid of the distractions and simply focus on the one topic that you want to focus on. And um, it's also, it's pretty much, there's a lot of science out there that says that when you are distracted, when you shift your focus from one task to another task, and then you shift back to that task first of all back to the first task first of all it takes a lot of brain energy from you mm. to shift your focus we don't feel it but it does second once you go back to the task at hands you have to recalibrate your mind to adjust also, to, to adjust to it mm. which also takes even more brain energy from you yeah so uh, the distractions consume a lot of your energy and i think we are underestimating that because at the end of the day, obviously you need energy and you need energy to manage yourself and you need energy to, to manage your mind. Yeah. And for me in this modern world, this modern life, I believe that uh, prevention is better than the cure. That you have to put certain routines in place, certain 
environmental uh, considerations in place to avoid getting lost in the infinite distractions. Yeah. The distractions are infinite. Yeah. And nobody's going to get rid of these distractions for you. Yeah. Uh, first of all, I, I was not familiar with uh, the, the energy uh, when it comes to your brain that you were talking yeah. about. I, I wasn't aware yeah. of that. Um, and yeah, when you said like, yeah, when I was like, now I'm thinking about it, like if I'm doing one thing and then like I have to go back and do something mm. I was doing before or something different, mm. I can, you do feel like uh, maybe a drop in motivation level or, yeah. you know, you'll still do it, whatever, but you're not mm. killing it maybe that you, yeah. uh, than if you weren't. But do you think that with, um, uh, you were talking about no distraction, no, 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 no. Okay. So when we talk about focus, right, um, and things over time develop mm -hmm. mastery, right? Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. you become a master at that. Yeah, yeah. It's your emotions, mm -hmm. your thoughts, anything mm -hmm. you're doing. Now, one thing that, uh, that's why I was, when we're talking about distractions, I'm going to bring it in a different mm -hmm. way. I'm talking about, you know how we say, um, I'm Khaled, I'm a podcaster. Mm -hmm. I, I'm mm -hmm. Sami, I'm a mind, like a, a mind, mind, health and well-being and mindset coach. Do you f and I've read so many things and watched so many things that you like nowadays you want like you don't want to just it, it because it becomes kind of part of your identity I yeah. am this and yeah. that means it, you might think oh I can't be you know anything yeah. else I yeah. can't be this yeah. and like uh sir yeah, yeah. I can't be this and yeah. that so that's where I feel although distraction does lack focus, it does open you up maybe to other area, like other areas that you can now develop. See, I would have to challenge that notion because when we talk about distraction, distraction means the inability to focus on one thing. Now, this can be at a micro level or it can be at a macro level. Okay. Micro level meaning I'm reading a book, I get a distraction, my phone rings, mm -hmm. I'm distracted. Yeah. A macro level, I would say, is something that is long-term. It is the, um, like you say, okay, I'm going to stay being a trainer or I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stay being a podcaster. Mm -hmm. Looking at other areas to improve yourself or to add to your creativity or your energy or your expression is not necessarily a distraction if, if it serves you. Okay. So let's say... Okay. It can even be something totally, totally out there. Like, let's say you're a podcaster and you like to paint on the side. Mm -hmm. That is not necessarily a distraction. That is simply another part of your being. Mm -hmm. You know, it is very difficult through labels to tie us down into yeah. one, one dimension. We are multidimensional beings. Yeah. We don't have one dimension. So a part of you is a podcaster. Another part of you is an artist. Yeah. And you being an artist in whatever type of art you're doing, mm. I'm sure serves you. Maybe it is very therapeutic for you. It mm. helps you switch off. It helps you explore different worlds. Yeah. And then before you know it, maybe you're bringing your art into your podcast. True. So yeah, yeah. I, that's why I, I say I wouldn't call these... You wouldn't call it a distraction. A distraction okay. on a macro level. Okay. It's not a distraction. It's simply another part of your being that you are nourishing. It's a okay. part of... It's one of your dimensions that you are cultivating. Yeah. We're all multidimensional individuals. Uh, you know, there's always this, this phrase or metaphor, which I don't like, which is, oh, there's a, the black wolf inside of you and there's a white wolf inside of you and whichever wolf you feed will grow. That's... Oh, I've never heard that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a bit too binary for me. I think there isn't just black and white within us. It's like a rainbow. It's, uh, it's, it's exactly, it's yeah. a rainbow. It's a spectrum. It's a spectrum of colors mm -hmm. and it's important for us to integrate all these different dimensions within us in order to become a whole fulfilled human being 100 percent. and that is also of course a journey yeah it's man you know that word we've said it i've said it a thousand times mm -hmm. i've heard it a thousand times and i will continue to because there isn't another word i think that describes that experience mm -hmm. or that timeline yeah. in that way but coming back to something you said earlier about routines. Um, so I am a person, okay, there's routine is something I'm not a big fan of. Mm. Okay. I, I just, I, yeah, yeah. it's a personal thing. I just don't like when I have, I, for me, routine removes motivation. I like more, I'm much more of an ad hoc person, yeah. you know, like, oh, this is happening now. Okay. I'll do this. I'll do yeah. that. Whatever. Is that good or bad? I don't mm. know. Probably not the best, but anyway, um, 
But one thing I was um, I heard recently, and it it was so counterintuitive that discipline brings freedom, and yeah. that seems like when when I hear that I'm like I get it, but it seems so counterintuitive because you know discipline feels discipline your perspective on discipline is like rigid and strict, but you're saying by doing this in certain things yeah gives me the freedom that i i'm looking for anyway yeah. so what do you what are your thoughts around wow that? so discipline is freedom that there are many elements to that there are many angles of consideration for that in my opinion there's there's the discipline of first of all there are things in life that you want to do and there are things in life that you have to do. Yes. yes. So yeah, let's say that you are starting your own business. No matter who you are, if you're starting your own business, you have to be a salesperson. You mm -hmm. have to sell. Yeah. And there are many people that don't like to sell. That's not who they are, whatever. But if you want to be a founder, <laughs> you have to sell. Yes. You don't have a choice about it. Yeah. Unless you're a CTO or something. Mm. So that's one element of discipline is freedom that okay i'm going to be disciplined in my approach to promoting my business to selling myself to selling my value through that discipline eventually ideally i will have financial freedom yeah. because i've created yeah. a disciplined process i yes. have created that commitment yeah so i think that's that's one element of discipline is freedom another element of discipline is freedom is there is also um, the mindset which is involved because if you are not disciplined I know disciplined is, is it's a, it may be a harsh word I know yeah but really if you think about it all those people that you look up to all your heroes in life who you deem are successful yeah they they are successful because they were disciplined in whatever endeavor they were involved in. yeah there's no two ways about it yeah so discipline is not as much of a dirty word as as you think it is in my in my opinion yeah i can see why it can be dirty yeah. but it's not that bad yeah so there's also the discipline of the mind in my opinion which is as we talked about avoiding distractions mm. avoiding uh, being consumed by your overthinking mm. or avoiding getting lost in your emotions or people or people not saying don't have emotions that's impossible we're human we have emotions it's just simply about not being enslaved by yes. these emotions that yes. damage our mental well-being, yeah. which of course will spill into other areas of our life, our relationships, our quality of our work. So there is also a disciplined mindset. Yeah. So you talk about a disciplined routine and disciplined mindset that can give you certain types of freedom. Yeah, exactly. And I think uh, I like how you came at, came at it from those different angles. Um, and like you said, it maybe. Is not as much of a dirty word as or a negative word as it sometimes is perceived you know because like yeah. discipline you remember like just school sit down shut mm -hmm. up you know yeah, that at least yeah. for me that's what i think about oh, yeah so, for sure yeah know. tell me about <laughs> it yeah yeah i was in shui fat so i know all about this also in oh yeah yeah, yeah, yeah sure yeah, yeah, yeah. so we uh, you remember that shit. yeah, yeah. <laughs> how can i forget <laughs> yeah how can you forget man anyway um but uh coming back to the um just i wanted to just to round off for the discussion today one thing that uh, I wanted to talk to you about is um, uh, you just brought it up emotions. Okay, mm. so we uh, I saw your talk when you were talking about the three the the reptilian brain, the emotional brain, oh, yeah. and the uh, logical, the rational, the, the rational brain, right? So one thing that I've noticed um, that a lot of people do, and I didn't know even I was doing that <clears throat> until I went to therapy. Mm. So. Um, I was struggling for, you know, for many years I had in my mind, like, I need to go to therapy. I want to, there's this voice like, go to, th you should go to therapy. But I just never did until, you know, something, the final straw was like, all right, I'm done. So, but what I real what, what I realized going to therapy is, because I would read, you know, I'd think I'm more, I'm very logical. I'm, yeah, yeah. When, in my, the yeah, way I like yeah. to think. Um, so logically, I'm like, I've looked at all the areas, you know, I've ticked all the boxes, yeah, yeah. but I still feel this way like why why do, if like i'm aware i'm aware of like what's i'm aware of the other perspective you know i can i feel this but i already see the other side I'm, i already know the other side but i still don't feel that even though i'm aware of it and one thing i learned was 
a lot of times what we try to do, and my, this is what I learned from my, my therapist told me, he's like, Khaled, you're trying to tackle emotion with logic. And it doesn't work, yeah. You know, and that's right. why when uh, yeah, when I was uh, we were talking about the brains, mm-hmm. and I think you're using it in the sales context mm-hmm. that yeah. you have to tackle those those three different brains in though in those specific ways in order to solve those kind of issues. Mm. Like uh, emotion has to be fought with emotion, logic has to be fought with logic. They can't, they don't, they don't go into each other. And usually, in my experience, has been more logic versus emotion that I yeah. feel a certain, a certain way about something but I can think differently about it yeah so logic can only take you so far and doesn't will not always solve your problems at least will not always solve your inner struggles because at the end of the day we are biological machines mm-hmm. and biological machines as biological machines we need emotion to signal to us what is going to help us survive and what might threaten us. Mm-hmm. Emotions, to a large extent, are simply um, value judgments. What's going to help me? What's going to hurt me? That is because when I have these emotions, when I have that programming inside of me, that helps me survive and thrive. So even though you are able to convince yourself of a situation logically that is very safe for you and has high chances of success, there will always be that emotion of fear, uncertainty, doubt. It's just your bra- your brain's way of telling you that, you know, don't forget that mm. things might go wrong mm. and you also need to be prepared for that. And again, yeah. that's always going to be there. So <laughs> at the end of the day, it's about how do you regulate that emotion? You don't stamp it out. You accept that em- that emotion is there. And also you accept the, you accept the limits of that emotion mm. that to allow that emotion to overflow like a broken dam is not going to serve you yeah and actually might even uh, hurt what it is that you're trying to do or trying to achieve yeah so recognize your emotions but also recognize that there are limitations to the power or the rule of these of these emotions and if these if you're being consumed by your emotions maybe there needs to be a little be a little bit more rationality involved yeah. at the end of the day we have a heart and a mind and it's about balancing the two yeah you cannot be overly consumed by your logic and rationality otherwise you you might end up just being a cold machine yeah on the other hand you cannot be consumed by your emotions otherwise you'll be pulled like a puppet on strings yeah so it's really about how do you balance the two yeah uh, and i really like the word you use there um regulate um and also recognizing that whether it's logic whether it's emotion that there are limits to each and managing when to you know put the brakes on or when to you know go further and not being uh, i guess run by over consumed you know by the two and i think a word that has been uh the the, the word of the day I'd say would would be balance yeah, um, for sure. finding inner balance. And I always talk and I always think I'm like the funny thing about balance is you never really have it because once you get to one level, yeah. you've lost it in another. You've probably lost yeah. it in another. So, um, but I think that kind of summarized everything we talked about. That the journey to find balance, shall yeah. we say, it never stops. It never stops, and that's what it means to be human. Uh, we're always growing. We're always evolving. We're always changing. That's a part of life. It's uh, life is growth. Life is growth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I couldn't say better myself, man. Uh, Sam, I just have two more questions. Sure, for you. yeah, for these, sure. These are questions that I ask all my guests. Absolutely. So first of all, uh, looking back either personally or professionally, if I ask you the question, what are you most proud of for yourself? What would you say? What I'm most proud of is that I, in, in my career, I've made the decisions to go out, go at it on my own. Mm. And no matter what's happened or what happens, I'll look back and say, I'm glad that I made the decision that I wanted to make, which was to be my own man. Yeah. And find, you know, you, you seem like the kind of person that, you know, you, once you laser focus on something, you know, that's, you're just going to go for it irrespective. Yeah, I try, but I also fall off the bandwagon, but that's also part of the journey. And even accepting that you'll fall off the bandwagon and just forgiving yourself and get yeah. back on. 
Yeah, and I think one thing that we don't do enough um, as people have, we've heard, you've heard this a million times, you've said it a million times, and I will say it again, is trying to be compassionate, you know, to ourselves more than anything. For I think sure. I know I'm very hard on myself. I think we all are, but, you know, again, trying to find the balance with that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and for my last question, Sammy, what is the message you'd like everyone to take home with them today? The message that I'd like to take home the message that I'd like them, them to take home is to be authentic and grow within that authenticity. Because when you grow within that authenticity, you start surfing through life. I think I can't say better than that, guys. <laughs> I, I, I really love that. It's very um, humbling. And I think everyone's on that journey to find themselves anyway. So if you can do that and live it that way, I think you're in a pretty good spot. Sammy, man, this has been a pleasure. Thank you so much Likewise, for coming. I really show, enjoyed man. it. Thank you. Um, you know, I love talking about the stuff and it's been a while that I've like dove deep into it. Yeah, we uh, could talk about this stuff forever. Uh, I'm sure <laughs> I'm sure we could. Um, if people want to reach out to you, work with you, connect with you, where can they get in touch? MindResiliencetraining.com and on Instagram uh, at mind.resilience.training. Perfect. You heard it here, guys. Check out Sammy's website, his work. You can check him out on LinkedIn, too. He has some great content there. Uh, as always, thank you to everyone for listening. I really appreciate it. Make sure to like, follow, share, and subscribe to the podcast at hope.it.helps with two S's on Instagram and on all channels. And as always, guys, hope it helps. Peace.